0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome in, Matt Verderam. Uh, sorry, I thought we had a quick technical glitch there. How you doing, man? You're back. You're back in action on the podcast.
1: I am back. I am here. I'm good. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit tired, but we're fighting through it. I uh, yeah. I can't complain. I'm I'm all I'm I'm good. I'm good.
0: If you if you if you haven't heard or you weren't paying attention to previous shows, Matt is uh, has another kid. He's uh, got a new daughter. So you're 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 outnumbered big time over there, man.
1: I am. I am. Genevieve, the new one, Maisie, the crazy one, and my wife. Uh, So, and I think, I think on Sunday she's going to a Cubs game. So it's going to be me and the two kids. And uh, I'm not worried about me. I'm happy to take on the kids and and let my wife uh, have a little bit of reunion with some of her friends she hasn't seen in a while. I'm more worried about the kids because I got to tell you, this is going to end with me dragging them to some kind of like the mall or something. Because I have no right. other answer. I'm not just sitting around the house. So good luck to them.
0: Do they have any of those trampoline parks out by you? Because that that would yes. seem like a good thing to get uh, – well, at least uh, – not maybe not Genevieve, not quite yet. But um, <laughs> maybe get Maisie in a tire, tuck herself out on one of those things.
1: Yeah, there are a few. Uh, we go to one occasionally, uh, usually with uh, friends that we have. They have a couple so- uh, young sons. So that that is an option. And, and thanks to everybody saying congrats. I do appreciate it. It, No, it'll be interesting. You know what? It's probably literally going to be me just dragging them all over. I mean, that with Genevieve, she's essentially a blob, right? She's like 17, 18 days old, whatever she is. So she she will just kind of go with the flow. The other one... I'm going to have to keep occupied. So it'll be interesting. We'll see. If the weather was a little bit nicer, it wouldn't be that hard. In Chicago, uh, I think on Saturday, it's going to be 80 degrees. Right, yeah. But on Sunday, it's not going to be nearly as warm and it might rain. So yeah. eh, it's unfortunate. If it was the other way around, that'd be hell of a lot better.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we're, we're super glad to have you back and welcome Genevieve. One more Chiefs fan in the mix. Always need that. So we are one week away from the NFL draft. It's going to be next week. There's going to be all kinds of special stuff going on now. We are going to be doing an, a, a sort of an aeroheadatic podcast. But just so you all know, the way that we decided to work this, look, Matt Verderam, he's a busy man. He's our NFL expert. He's all over the place. He does this podcast. He does stacking the box, our NFL national podcast over at fansided.com. So we decided what we're going to do is it's going to be stacking the box. We're going to be, that's going to be the podcast, uh, for the first round of the NFL draft. But you can watch that podcast right here on the Attic channel. Uh, I'll be joining at, at some point when the chiefs pick other people that you may have seen around uh, the fan sided of the ecosystem, but we'll be simulcasting it. So it'll be on the Sag in the Box YouTube feed, which if you're not, if you're not subscribed to that, you absolutely should go watch over there. Or if you're just you, Arrowhead addict, that's your thing. Chiefs, you can watch right here. You'll get the, you'll, you'll get a notification. It'll be streaming uh, a bunch of different places. So i uh, looking forward to that. It's going to be a long night for you, Vertram, but it always is. At least she will get to have some fun and, and talk a lot about what's going on.
1: I think it's the one time of the year when I'm working that I'm allowed to have a few beers and like nobody yeah. cares. Nobody gets mad about it. Not, not that anybody, to be fair, fans has ever gotten mad about it. But I, I feel like that's the one time if I just have like three beers during the draft, nobody's going to be like, hey, hey, you're on the clock. It's more like right. I understand. It's yeah. By Saturday night, I, they're going to have to wheel me out of here. Because yeah. the first round, like from a coverage standpoint, the first round's a lot of fun. Right. It's 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 32 picks. All the guys are big name guys. It's a lot of fun. I even personally really enjoy the second day. Still know everybody. I've done enough homework. I still know like top 100 guys. We're good. This year, especially in a four picks, it'll be a lot of fun. You get to day three. That's when like elephants at the zoo start making picks. Yeah, that's when I'm out. Like it's Saturday. It always feels like it's really nice that day and I'm stuck inside and some team is taking their, their pick in round six down to the wire, <laughs> and I want to yeah. throw myself off the roof. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Just just take the damn guy you're going to cut in a month and be done with it. But the yeah. first two days, especially round one, but the first two days really, I, I do – I thoroughly enjoy them, and uh, I am looking forward to doing the stream that, as you mentioned, will not only be on the Stack in the Box podcast live stream, but it also will be streamed here. It'll be streamed on the Windy City with Carm, uh, Mark Harmon, and his podcast. So it will, and we're gonna have guests on. uh, As as some of you saw on Twitter yesterday, Chris Jones says he's in to to come on and join the (laughs) the stream. So we want. I will continue to work to nail that down with him, but he he says he's in. So. I believe Chris is a man of his word and and, and hopefully we can make that happen. That'd be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you and I have both we've both covered the draft in person and it's a lot of fun, right. especially those first, you know, couple of days. The right of carpet and all the pomp and circumstances. But I remember that the, the first first draft I was at, I was just so overwhelmed. It was at Radio City Music Hall. Then later on, you know, a couple of years later, I'm I sitting there on day three in Radio City, and you know, the commissioner's not there anymore. There's no players. And they're just, they're they're bringing out like, you know, legends or like some guy from Bill's Auto is going to read the pick for the Bears, you know, and I was sitting there and uh, the internet's terrible and my seat's really uncomfortable because it's a theater and they just build like a they put like a board for you, you know, and you're leaning over and I'm sitting there and and I'm like and and I'm looking at Twitter and the pics are getting announced before anything's happened in, in Radio City. I'm like, why am I still here? Yeah, like, this! Oh, I'm going home. I'll be able to do this on my couch and I'll get, you know, better uh, working environment. So uh, but it's a lot of fun if you ever get to go to the draft, especially as a fan, those first couple of nights. And this one's in Las Vegas. So if any of you are going yeah. out there, God bless you. Good luck. Stay out of prison.
1: Yeah, well, and then the following year it's in Kansas City, which will be, right. be awesome. It's uh, oh, we'll be
0: there, we will be there.
1: Yeah, we we're going. Um, yeah. it, I've gone to two of them, at least two of them, they're in Chicago. I was at the one that Chris Jones got drafted, and I believe that was the same year that Christian Hackenberg got taken by the Jets in the second round. And I, it's of all the things I've covered. In my career, one of the funniest moments was sitting in that room with probably, I don't know, 100, 150 other media members was sitting there and that pick gets announced and every other pick, there was either like a little talk or no talk. That pick got announced and it was just bedlam. Like people yeah. were just losing their minds that the Jets took him. Apparently, rightfully so. I guess everybody in that room knew something the Jets didn't, which may still be true. But, uh, yeah, look, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Chiefs have the most picks in the draft, along with Jacksonville, each of 12. Kansas yeah. City has two in each of the first four rounds, and then four in the seventh round. The Chiefs are going to be a, a big player in this draft. There's no, there's no two ways about that.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into all of that. We've got a special guest, Arrowhead Addict longtime contributor, Lyle Graverson, is going to be joining us uh, at the half-hour mark. Um, but first, I wanted to let you guys know that we are doing a monthly giveaway For our listeners of this podcast, for our viewers out there in YouTube land, this month we are giving away a Patrick Mahomes jersey. Uh, There's multiple ways that you can enter, so check out the link in the description of the podcast. If you're listening on Apple, the YouTube video that you're watching, terms and conditions apply, but there's a lot of ways to enter. By following us on Twitter, subscribing to the podcast, you can just enter, but you can get multiple entries. So check that out. That will be given that away uh, in early May. So some news drop today, Vertoran, the NFL schedule release. We have a date. It is yes. going to be the day before my birthday, May 12th on Thursday, which I'm glad, I was really hoping it wouldn't be on Friday because I know we'll want to go live and we'll want to talk about it, and break down the uh you know, what the Chiefs are doing. And I was really hoping it wouldn't be on my birthday because I'm taking the day off. Um, so it's coming on Thursday. It's my favorite day of the NFL offseason. I know some people are draft nicks. It seems silly because we already know who they're playing, but it's the order. I love it. It's just my absolute favorite. It's, it's the most exciting day of the offseason for me. I love seeing, you know, what are the primetime games? Where, you know, are the Chiefs going to be playing in Germany? All these crazy things. How about you?
1: I'm with you. I love the NFL schedule of release, and I've tweeted about this, and I think I've mentioned that here before. I know I haven't stacked in the box. Every year, I don't know why this started or how this started, um, but I pick and predict every single game for the regular season, which now yeah. they added a week, so now it's 272 games. And then I rip through whatever the standings end up being at the end of it, and then I, I go through all the way through the Super Bowl. I've been pretty good. I think I've done it four years, and in three of the four years, I've at least had one of the teams in the Super Bowl right. And I think one year I had both teams in the Super Bowl right, but I picked it the other way. I think it was the Pat's Rams year. I think I picked the Rams to win it. Um, I did pick the Chiefs the year they won correctly, and it was the first time I ever picked them to win the Super Bowl. So it's been fun. I do enjoy it, um, and but it is a lift. It is a big lift. I've been working on it this week. Um, I, I try not to pick – Games before the draft because I want to be as accurate as possible, so uh, I am waiting a little bit. It's nice to know. Usually, you only get like forty-eight hours of notice for when they're going to run the schedule release, so it's nice to actually have an idea. But it's going to be fun. I encourage everybody to read it and have some fun with it. I can guarantee. You, look, I know this: the Chiefs will be a playoff team. But I, I, I pick the games blind. Like I don't go down each team's schedule and just go, okay, one and zero, two and zero, two and one, because then I feel like inherently you try to get a team to a certain record that you think like, oh, they, I think they're an eight-win team. Whereas if you just pick the games at random, which is what I do, I randomize them and pick them, then you don't know what that team's record is as you're picking, yeah. which will lead you sometimes. We go, oh, wow, okay, that team, really? I picked them to win 10 games, and you go back, you're like, wow, they have a really easy schedule. Like, I looked at Dallas's schedule for an example. You go look at that team's home schedule tell me they're not winning 11 games. Cakewalk. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Dallas plays five of the worst teams in the league at home. Not only just plays them, gets them at home. Yeah. So, it's crazy. It's great. So, uh, I am looking forward to doing that. But, yes, we'll have all kinds of coverage. And to answer a few questions I, I see real quick, uh, it's uh, it, it's it's um, Deshaun Jackson for a visit. What do you think about them doing that? I mean, I, I think he's done, honestly. I kinda, I don't have any, like, real feeling one way or the other. The only thing I can remember about Deshaun Jackson last year was that ridiculous play where he fumbled against Kansas City. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Jaden, hey, man, listen, for uh, jersey, you certainly do not have to give us free jerseys. It's very nice of you. But uh, you, I would not make you go through the trouble, um, especially <laughs> anything with the Knicks. My God, that team. The last thing I need yeah. is to look at the Knicks. But uh, I really – I do sincerely appreciate it.
0: All right, we've got a quick reader review. Uh, as you know, this is a podcast. You can head on over to Apple Podcasts. If you want to support us, leave us a five-star written review over there, and we'll read your – uh, and you know ask us a question in the review read the review. we'll read the review on the podcast and we even re- read the bad ones we got a one-star review for the first time in a long time exactly. um and uh yeah i guess that guy was mad because we t- yogi says uh thank god for the fast forward button the host in this show swam in lake me for half the show you know i was in a bad mood i was having a tough week last week i i looked for you know i, I looked for a little commiseration. yeah you weren't here i know i it, I, I looked for a little commiseration with the, with the listeners, you know, talked about that, talked about having a rough time. And, uh, most people made me feel good. This, this, this son of a bitch, Yogi, he goes all the way over to, to Apple and make me feel worse. Leaves us a one-star review. You go to hell. Huh? It's, oh, I got some, just, I, nobody wants to hear about it again. I got some things going on. It's been a rough, uh, a, a rough week stuff with the house. Yeah. A little bit of a nightmare money pit situation. Anyway. Well, um, Listen, yeah.
1: First of all, I'm with you, Yogi. You'll, you'll be all right. You get over it. Yeah. Secondly, um, it's, I tell you, with the houses, I don't have anything to complain about, but I am in the process. I'm almost done with my father-in-law. Thank God for him. He's the MVP of this project. We're building out a, <laughs> a, a fourth bedroom in my house, a spare bedroom. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: In the basement, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that, that- – has actually gone well, to be fair, but like we had to like rebuild one of the walls and it, it's a long story, but it like I got now I got to get somebody to put a, put in an egress window, which, by the way, if anybody that's listening to this podcast oh. puts in an egress window, like professionally, like you're insured, you come yeah. let me know. OK, and we will work out a deal. But I got a window there. It's got it's got to be bigger because whoever the, the jerk was who put in the original one, it's not an actual egress window. It's like, why would you do that? Why in the world would you do that? So it's actually got to be like an up to code egress window. So that'll I'm sure be thousands of dollars. But, uh, you know, whatever. My parents now, they, they have a room that's essentially in, in a dungeon currently because the, the window is not exactly <laughs> functioning. But they'll be uh, they'll be all right. right. They'll, they'll live. They'll they'll get get their own beds. That's a positive. Otherwise, it was the couch for both of them.
0: (laughs) That's excellent. Um, All right, we're going to talk about. uh, some some chiefs and some wide receivers. But first, I want to yeah. let you know that the Arrowhead Ad Podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. KC Beer Co. is the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City, and they're also the only brewery in KC to focus on German beer styles. They actually brew their beer, this one right here, according to the German purity laws of 1516, with only four ingredients, malt hops, water, and yeast. I said hops, funny, sounded British. It's absolutely delicious. It's an award-winning brewery, and they've got a terrific lineup of brews. So for whatever type of beer you're into... KC Beer Co. has a style for you. Look for the red KC Beer cartons in your local store and support the Arrowhead Attic Podcast by supporting KC Beer Co. And do us a favor. And I haven't seen anybody doing this recently. We need your help. Leave us a five-star review, especially to offset Yogi and his misery. Um, But also, tag at KC Beer Co. on Twitter and let them know you heard about their product on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. It keeps us in business. So dare to beer different. Please drink responsibly. 21 and over. All right. Let's talk about Debo Samuel. Everyone's talking about Debo. Debo's coming if you're if you're a, fr- a fan of the Friday franchise. So, look, it's, it's very unlikely that Debo Samuel, who is an extremely talented receiver and who's a little bit younger than Tyreek Hill, is going to be on the Kansas City Chiefs. And, in fact, today there was a tweet from 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 um, Jeffrey Chadia from NFL.com. It does great work. Uh, who I, that I thought was really insightful. I Chiefs fans have been, they've been arguing about this on Twitter, all of us for, for weeks now. Should we go after DK Metcalf? Should we go after AJ Brown might be available? What about Scary Terry? Now Debo, right? Everybody wants that Tyree co-replacement. Uh, Jeffrey writes, some speculation that the Chiefs are interested in 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel because of a draft capital. A team source says a move for Samuel or DK Metcalf, AJ Brown or Terry McLaurin isn't likely told all of those options, and then in quotes, are probably a long shot at this point. What's your take on that, Ver I am
1: calling it a long shot says you're not out on it. That's what I think. And I think that I think that indicates, yeah, what's the price? If the price comes down, maybe it's not as much of a long shot. From what I know from just talking with people around that building over time, and I have not on this, I'll be the first to admit, I feel like I've dropped the ball a little bit on this because I, I am just exhausted in the day. Yeah, yeah. But usually like, you know, some teams are really vague. Some teams, you know, people around them won't get back. The Chiefs are usually pretty black and white with this kind of stuff. Like, if you see reports of them, it's usually like they're out on the sky. Or, yeah, they're involved. The fact they're calling it a long shot makes me think that it's, it's more about, hey, could we get perhaps, you know, a better deal? Oh, thank you. Uh, my daughter gives me chocolate, so we're out. Oh, nice. God bless her. But uh, I, th- I, think, I think it's more of that. However, that being said, thank you, sweetie. Um, that being said, I do think there's something to the idea of you have 12 picks, you have a ton of cap space, you can use that to just take younger players. But I don't, I don't know that they, I don't know that if they felt the price was right for a Debo Samuel, like if they felt the value was there, whatever that may be, you're going to tell me that Brett Veach, who is one of the most aggressive general managers in football with a big need at receiver, would even think about it. I think one of the big misconceptions, and I, I've said this a hundred times on Twitter and I'm going to say it again, is well, it's two prong. One is that Tyreek Hill did not want to be in Kansas City, which is just yeah. it's just not true. I, I can't say it enough. Like they they were really close on signing him to an extension. He was more than happy to be there until it became apparent that Chiefs weren't going to give him a deal commensurate to Devontae Adams' deal then it became, okay, well, maybe we should trade you, and then, they, okay, you can go seek a trade. But the other prong to that, which I think is important with this, there's been this narrative like, well, the Chiefs weren't going to pay Tyreek Hill. Why would they pay Devo Samuel? That's bullshit. Yes, they were going to pay you. Tyreek Hill. A lot they lot were of money. going to pay him. The snag ended up being that when Devontae Adams signed his deal, the only way to get Hill to that kind of guaranteed money was to pay him into his 30s on major guaranteed money. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out that that's where things broke down. You get in your 30s. Hill's a great player. Speed is a big part of his game. Debo's twenty-six. Any guaranteed money that anybody pays him is not going to go into his 30s. So yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not even saying it should happen. But this idea that they're not going to do it because of what happened with Tyree Hill, one and one does not equal two there. There is yeah. no one. It just doesn't make sense. It's not accurate. And that is the one big pushback I have on that.
0: Yeah, it's just wrong. It's just absolutely wrong. If you're getting younger, and look, none of these guys are going to be as expensive as Tyree Hill they're going to be expensive. The wide receiver market is insane right now, but they're not going to be as expensive as Tyreek Hill. So, that's a consideration as well. So the debate has been on Twitter with Chiefs fans, should the Chiefs pursue an extension uh, or pursue an expensive proven veteran wide receiver or should they stick to the draft? And for some reason it seems like everyone is either on one side of this issue or the other. Either keep all the draft picks, right. Don't don't trade for anybody, don't move up, get or or it's we, we, we don't know draft picks are an unknown. What if they don't pay off? We need, we need to compete for a Super Bowl now, which is all... And they're all valid arguments. The Chiefs need to get younger and they need to get cheaper. They also need stars to make a push and compete with these other teams and win a Super Bowl in this window where they still have Travis Kelsey. They have this great offensive line. Andy Reid, Mahomes, all that. Where do you stand on this debate?
1: I mean, I think you can have both. Like, can they not have both? Can they not trade for Devo Samuel in theory and still have nine or ten picks? Right. How many picks do you need? Yeah. Now, look, I'm not. If you are the person who says, hey, they should just draft 10 to 12 guys, maybe trade up with a few of the picks and reload with a bunch of young talent, I hear that. And I'm not against that. But bear in mind, you're drafting 12, and I don't care what you think of them as prospects. I don't care how certain you think you are. You don't know how these guys are going to play. You do not know. Okay. Nobody knows. And you're taking 12 shots. Now, now, maybe you hit on a bunch of them and it's incredible. But I've seen so many people, and I was literally just about to say this, uh, Pestle, silly, uh, I'm going to screw this up, but Pestle comes in and says, good God, no to trading up for Jameson Williams. Okay, Jameson Williams is a fascinating player. He was great at Alabama. He's also coming off a torn ACL in January. Like, is he going to play this year? I know people are saying, well, he's making great progress. Okay, fine. That doesn't mean he's going to, like, maybe he plays half the year. Then maybe you don't care. Maybe you say, look, the long term investment's fine. Is he the same guy coming off an ACL? George Pickens, he tore his ACL in spring ball. Now he came back at the end and played. He played sparingly. Everybody's in love with George Pickens. And I think George Pickens' tape is great. He's a receiver out of Georgia, for those who don't know. He's coming off a torn ACL, and he really didn't play much when he came back. Like, for me, if if the cost for Debo were a first and a second, or maybe it's a first and a third, and they you know, and then maybe a throw on a seventh or something. Like, okay, I get he had one elite year, he's had two other years, he's been very good. You know what he is. Like, yeah. if you if I said Chris Olave's on the Chiefs, you you don't know if that makes them better, the same. You don't know. If I say Debo Samuels on the Chiefs you might say they're the best team in the AFC. Like that might okay. be enough to put them past Buffalo, right? So I stand on the idea of, if I'm Veach, I'm not paying through the nose for him. I'm not giving up two firsts or something like that. I would offer them right now a first and a third. And, in full, and by the way, in full disclosure, I read over on The Athletic, I thought they did an interesting piece. They have like five different beat writers give trade proposals. And Nate Taylor does a great job covering the Chiefs, a good friend. He had the same offer. First and third, right? Like that's what you'd offer. And he said, you know, maybe you're throwing a pick. I'm I'm with Nate. Like I I might go first and second and maybe want like a later pick back. But I don't like to me, that's not crazy. Dependent upon what Samuel wants as an extension. Like if he wants 30 in like a year, then I'm probably passing. If it's more like 24 25, I might do it. I might do it. He's a great player, and he's 26 years old.
0: Yeah, very versatile would be very interesting in Andy Reid's offense. We're going to be joined by Lyle Graverson in just a moment. Uh, But first, I I wanted to ask you about something Mahomes said this week. Now, he's down there in Texas. He's working out with a lot of the new wide receivers that he has, new approach the Chiefs are taking this year. Uh, They're doing their meetings for these little mini camps. Virtually, and just sort of letting the players get together and do these workouts, and during right. some of the media availability, and this is something we've talked about on the podcast a little bit, is the size of the Chiefs' wide receiver core is getting bigger. Um, and here's what Mahomes said: He said, uh, "The the biggest thing you see actually from throwing to all these guys really is we have a lot of size in the receiving room." That we haven't necessarily had in the past. We've done it different ways with speed and beating guys deep. Having that size, I think, will be different. I'm excited for it, and I think it will be something that will be used for us during the season, useful for us during the season, having this good of a receiving room with everybody that can go out there and make plays. It'll be great competition and help us in the long run. I've wondered, is this a strategy for the chiefs to get bigger at receiver? Is this a conscious move or is it just been, it's just kind of fell that way with guys that they ended up targeting. We ended up being a little bit bigger. Uh, What's your opinion on this and does it, is it going to matter and is it going to change the offense?
1: I don't think that it was like we need to go out and get tall guys. But I think it's more about we can go get guys who are a little more physical. Like Juju Smith-Schuster, and we've talked about this, everybody thinks of him as this finesse, glitzy guy because he does TikTok videos. And you watch him play, he runs guys over. He's a physical receiver. He's a big receiver. Now, Valdez-Scantling is a little bit more of a beanpole type shape, right? He's more of a, of a a lanky guy. But he's, he's bigger. I do think it matters with him that he's bigger because with him, you're going to be throwing deep down the field. Let him go up for a jump ball, right? And it, it matters. Um, but one thing with both of them that I think this is part of the plan, they can both block. They're both really yeah. good blocking receivers. I, I would like to see the Chiefs be more balanced, throw the ball a little bit less, run the ball a little bit more. doesn't mean, and I'm not saying 50-50. I'm not saying that. But we saw in the AFC Championship game last year, if they're more balanced during the Super Bowl, they, they were, and they probably would have won it. Like That team should have gone to the Super Bowl if they just would not run the ball. And I don't think they're going to be more balanced because their head coach has never shown any proclivity to be so in 23 years of being head coach. But yeah. you have this great offensive line. You need to utilize it. They need to utilize it. And I, I, and I think getting bigger receivers is going to help in the screen game. It's going to help in the run game. Uh, these guys, like I said, are elite blockers, but you've got to use that. And yeah. I am curious to see what they do with these guys.
0: Yeah, me as well. And I think you know, they've been talking about how they want to use McCole Hartman or that they figured out how to use McCole Hartman. Boy, it's going to be really exciting to see a bunch of really great blocking wide receivers along with this offensive line and pulling guards. What this screen game could look like next year. What it could the, the sweeps and those types of plays that Andy likes to mix in could look like It would be a little bit different when you've got Tyreek Hill out there trying to, trying to block for somebody. Um, all right. Uh, if you like... The arrowhead addict podcast please consider becoming a member of the arrowhead addict family arrowhead addict members get access to special emojis and loyalty badges in the youtube and they uh, also get access to a private discord where they can hang out with the arrowhead addict hosts and talk cheese football we talk movies beer and so much more members get invite to invites to private events with uh with the hosts like virtual happy hours we have one on monday i'm, I'm really looking forward to that gonna crack open some casey beer uh, so check out the link in the description if you want to see about joining wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link. We appreciate your support. All right. It's time. We're going to bring on Arrowhead Addict, longtime contributor, and I mean long time, going all the way back to my days as the editor of the site, Lyle Graverson. Lyle, my man. Hey, what's I up, known, guys? I have known you for, geez, it's got to be coming up on 10 years now. Have we ever met face-to-face in like a video chat
2: before? I don't know if we have, man, this, this might be a first I've been watching you obviously, but yeah, no, I don't think we've ever hooked up like this. And I think it's even, I think it's 11 years since I've, since you first brought me on way back in the day. So it's, it's been a while. You were, you were the last holdout from, from the dark ages. I passed you off
0: to, to Matt Verderan. we passed you off to, to Matt Connor. Um, It's so good to know that your column is still running. Uh, Now we just got to convince Stacy to come back. We've all been harassing him about it. He's there in the chat. Yeah, uh, I see we, him in the chat. Yeah, we need you back, brother. We need you back. We need that insight. So so happy to have you on the podcast. Um, it's it's long overdue. I know you love the the draft. Probably uh, maybe more than any of the writers on the site. Um, what's the big appeal to, to the draft for you? You've been writing about it for years.
2: Um, I don't know. It's it, you just as a football fan, you feel like a kid at Christmas, you know, because you've got all these potential presents, and you're trying to figure out which ones are which, which ones are going to show up under the tree. And uh, I don't know. It's just fascinating to me to really try and look at, at what they do in college and try and figure out what's going to translate to the NFL and what would be a specific fit for what the Chiefs do. And it's 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 fun sometimes when you get it right and then other times you're like oh yeah wish i could go back and delete a couple tweets about pumping that guy up after you see what he does in the nfl so it's just fun i just find it super interesting and even if i wasn't writing for arrowhead addict i'd still probably be you know digging through all these prospects anyway just because i i just love it so much it's one of i mean besides the actual in game you know during the season it's it's my favorite part of following an nfl team so
1: the first tweet i ever had I was 23 and I tweeted about John Baldwin as a great pick for the Chiefs and let me tell you <laughs> I set a tone that I've yep. lived up to over the last yeah. years on that on that god-awful website I think this draft is going to if not set a record come really close for trades in the first round I think a lot of teams mm-hmm. are going to be moving all over creation you have I was looking at the rounds I'm, I'm writing stacking the box on it this week you have you have eight teams obviously can't see to one of them that has multiple first round picks a quarter of the league. So that means you're going to have teams that are going to try to package those picks and get up. You're going to have teams that are trading back because they want to acquire more picks because they think the second and the third round is where a lot of the value is in this draft. Um, there's no, and there's no consensus on a lot of guys. Like I think if you took, if, if I rated uh, a big board and I did players 10 through 50 and you lined up 50 other people who either intensely watch the league or cover the league and had them do the same, I bet you those boards would be wildly different. Where some years, you'd probably have 45 of the same guys in there, right? And it's, it's okay. There's a drop-off at, at 75 or whatever. I think because of that, teams aren't going to know, like, oh, we can wait to get this guy. Because you're not sure if you can wait to get that guy. So I think you're going to see teams like moving up, getting up, getting back, because maybe they feel like there's not a big difference between number three and number nine on the receiver depth chart, right? So I think there's going to be a ton of movement in this draft. I really do. I I think starting even in the top ten, the Giants have multiple top ten picks. As do the Jets. The Seahawks don't have multiple top tens, but they have multiple firsts, and one of them's in the top ten. The same is true with Houston. I think you're going to see teams moving around like crazy, especially since quarterbacks aren't going to roll this draft. So there's going to be because there's no consistency in the board ranking of a lot of these teams. I think I think it's going to be nuts.
0: Yeah, I think it's so crazy. You know, you see these. I think it's a really. You see these players like Chris Olave who I've seen, I've seen projected to, to go anywhere from the top 10 to all the way back into the, into the mid-20s. Some people think, oh, he might be there for, for Kansas City. And I've seen other people say, no way these Ohio State receivers are going to go really high. And it's really just hard to, to, to know what's going to happen. And you're right, Verter, when there's a lot of – and there's like a handful of top-tier quarterbacks – And you're going in and you can sort of, if you're in the back end of the draft or the middle of the draft, you can pencil in. You don't know exactly where they'll go, but you know they're going to go before they get to you. And so that means some guys are going to fall to you. So that makes this draft especially interesting because you don't have those. There's probably not going to be any quarterbacks um, taken very, very early. We'll see. Lyle, do you feel like this is one of the deepest drafts we've had in a while,
2: at least at the top end? Maybe. I. I'm kind of with Matt. I think the boards are so different. Like, I think it's so hard to tell. And I'm really curious. You were talking about all the trading around, and I agree with that. I think if you wanted one guarantee, I feel like there's almost no chance the Chiefs pick at 29 and 30. Like, I just, I think even if it's just a small jump up into the 20s, I think Veach is going up to make sure he gets somebody he really wants. And maybe it's a major move, or maybe it's just a little jump. But um, the other thing I'm curious about, without there being quarterbacks that are in high demand, will the price of moving up be less this year? You know, you can look at the trade charts that they have, and there's a couple different ones, and maybe they stick to that still because the teams that are up higher are trying to demand as much as they can get for their higher picks. Or maybe they're like, look, we feel like we can get a guy at, 30 that we don't like that much better than here in the early teens. So we're going to we're going to move back on a discount and the Chiefs can maybe move up for less than it would cost in a year where there's maybe more consensus elite talent at the top. And so that's one of the things I'm most curious about is will the price of trading be affected at all by kind of the non-consensus board or or will it be like i mean if they wanted to go up and get a Jamison williams are they going to have to like basically give up every pick they got for tyree kill in order to do that in which case then i start to go oh man do you want to give up that many picks to go get just one guy so that's that i'm really curious about because i'm i'm with matt i think that you could see a ton of trades but I want what I'm wanting to know is will the price of those trades maybe be not quite as steep, and that's what leads to maybe even more deals than what we've seen before.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I, I it's it's interesting in the sense I think probably three quarterbacks go in the first round. You're going to get Pickett and Willis, and then I think either either Ritter or Corral probably goes mid to late round. Maybe you get all four of them. It's totally possible. I'll say three. By the way, I was doing some research for the column earlier. It just a fun stat to throw out there. I did tweet it out. So there's a chance we don't see any running backs or tight ends in the first round, which I think that's a certainty, a tight end. Running back, maybe you get a, a, one one running back in there. But if you don't, I started looking up, like, when is the last time we never, we, we had neither one of those positions go in the first round? The answer is never. That has never happened before. And there's a real, in fact, it almost happened two years ago, but the Chiefs took Clyde edwards helaire the last pick in the first round. And it's wow. never happened. And if the Bills don't go with a running back, I don't know that it's going to happen. I don't know that anybody's going to take him, which speaks to the idea that if you want a back or a tight end, the, the days two and three, you're going to have plenty of options, right? Now, I don't know that the Chiefs are specifically looking for another tight end. They took Noah Gray last year. They have Jody Fortson coming back. The options will be there. Running back, there's going to be a ton of options. I actually like the kid out of Mizzou, Tyler Batty. I think he could be pretty good. But the receivers, let's face it, that's where the receivers and the edge rushers, those are the two spots every Chiefs fan is trying to pour over that. And of course, corner, where you're looking at those two spots, edge and receiver. I mean, you're gonna have, I think, 10 of each guy, of each position go in the top fifty. I, I don't I don't think there's a question. Like you're gonna have twenty of the top fifty picks are gonna be those two positions. The Chiefs are gonna have more than than enough ammo to get who they want. And it's been talked about. I'll throw this out to you guys. Like Kayvon Thibodeau is a fascinating guy. I've talked to him at the Combine. I really liked him. I, I watched a little of his tape. I'm not sitting here pretending I've watched 20 hours of it, but I like him. I think he's I think he's an elite physical talent. Let's say he's still available when the when it gets to pick 10. And I believe it's a Jets sitting at pick 10. If you're the Chiefs, would you try to make a big move up to get him? Or is it too rich for your blood to go up and get one guy like that?
2: I would absolutely go. In fact, I am, and I've put this on Twitter before too. I would much rather they trade up for an edge than a receiver personally. I, I don't know that I think that's I the most likely scenario. I think Veach is more likely to go receiver shopping, but man, I, I mean, if he fell, absolutely no question. I've even said I would go up for Jermaine Johnson because I feel like there is a drop off between Johnson and Karloftis who would be my next one enough so that I would be, I would be content moving up pretty high for Johnson as well. And, and I know some people disagree with me. I do don't love where the chiefs are currently at for first round edges there at the end of the first round. I'm not a massive uh Boye Mafe fan. I think he's I think he's got a lot of pass rush upside but he's super raw and not great against the run I mean obviously the cupboard's so bare there that if they took him I'm fine with that but I think some fans I feel like have this conception of him that he could just walk in day one and be an every down player for the Chiefs and I don't I don't know if Spags would play him there and and then some of the other guys that give good pass rush upside by the time you get to the late first are are kind of smaller speed guys that I don't know if Spags would consider and then some of the bigger guys that could kick inside that maybe have the length that he likes, maybe don't have the pass rush upside. So if they were, if they wanted to try it up for like an elite edge that can both play the run and get pressure on the quarterback, I would a hundred percent rather they do that than, than go up for a receiver. Cause I like the receiver depth better in the late first than I like the edge depth there.
0: Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, in, a, in a recent column, your uh your affinity for Jermaine Johnson the second and you know he gets a lot of knocks for his weight right he's he's six five but only 254 pounds uh but runs a four five eight forty but you said and I thought that this this was really interesting that the good news is that Johnson's weight does not prevent him from being a great run defender his long arm strength and ability to disengage from blockers allow him to get to ball carriers he also has the bend and motor to win on the edge in the NFL. I don't think he has the freaky athletic upside of the top three picks, but his 18 tackles for a loss and 12 sacks last season prove he can still be a pass rush force. If the Chiefs are going to move up to get an edge rusher instead of a receiver, I have a question for both of you that I've been wondering about. Do you Would you rather they package the, the, the first round picks that they have this year? Uh, I reckon that that's what it would take to get up to around 10, right? They give up two first round picks and some change to go up and get Mahomes. Would you rather them use both of those first round picks this year? Or would you rather them split them and say, okay, here's 29, and we'll give you our first round pick next year. So then they have that other first round pick. If maybe they do love the depth at wide receiver in this class, and they want to be there to snag one of those guys at the end of the first round. What do you guys think? We'll start with you, Matt.
1: I mean, I'm listen. Go get the guys that you value the most. That's, I mean, whether or not that means moving up, moving back, I, I'm I'm fine with it. I also think it's interesting. So I just looked up there the trade value chart. If a guy like a Thibodeau or Johnson, is is, is uh, Lyle mentioned, were there at ten, the Chiefs could conceivably package their two first round picks, and that's about the same value. That would be that would put them right at number ten if they threw in maybe like a fourth rounder as well. Now. If they waited till about 12, that could be maybe a first and a second, something like that.
0: But would you rather Would you rather them use those those two first-round picks this year to do that if for the right guy, or would you rather them split them? You may have one say, this year and one next year. One this year, one next year.
1: I'd rather pick them now. Okay. Pick them now. You got a first-round pick next year. It's not like you don't. Like, pick them now. I, I, I'd rather get, i rather – and now look, if some team offers some crazy thing, then fine. I'd rather pick them now. But just by the way, to to put a somebody asked earlier, um, does anybody know how many first round grades Brett Veach has in the draft this year? And I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I, I'm guessing that was asked because Brandon Bean of the Bills came out and said he had nine first round grades this year. Just to just to show how wildly different everybody feels about this draft. While we we're sitting here, I texted a few people in, in front offices around the league. And I could tell you that two people in a decision-making capacity in the NFC, got back to me. And one said they have 13 first-round grades, and one said they have 19. So one has more than double what Brandon Bean has in Buffalo. It just goes to show how wildly different people view this thing, right? 19 is a pretty high number. Now, just to give a little clarity, some people might hear 19 and go, wow, that's, that's still nothing. That's about right. Like, no, you're never going to hear GM say, oh, I had 35 first-round grades. That's just not – it's not realistic. Most are usually around 20. I remember last year I asked people, and it was like 18, 19. So one one source I just texted over in the NFC says 19. Oh, Another says 13, and Brandon Bean's got nine. And I'll keep asking people. I guarantee you I'm going to get a different number all over the place with every one of these things, which, again, because the Chiefs have so many picks, that's probably a pretty good thing for them. Like the uncertainty adds to the idea that they might be able to move up the board, as Lyle said, a little easier, because some teams might just be willing to trade back because they don't like the draft, or other teams might love it. And I'm assuming if the Chiefs made these trades for all these picks, they're probably one of the teams that really likes the draft. So that that
2: would put them in a good spot.
0: Lyle, what about you? Use both picks this year to move up or throw in one from next year and keep that late first?
2: Uh, part of me, won- I, I mean, I don't think I'd... I don't have a strong p- feeling either way. Part of me thinks everything you hear is that next year's draft is maybe a little bit better class, a little bit a little bit more talented group. And uh, somebody in the comments, I think it was Joshua, mentioned with the draft being in KC next year, do they want to give away their first mm-hmm. round pick when they want to, you know, get as many fans there and build as much excitement as they can? That, that I mean, sure. you you would. Think that that wouldn't go into a personnel decision on players that they're going to pick and when they're going to pick them, but I'm guarantee Clark Hunt would like them to have a first round pick next year. Yeah, so I I don't I don't that doesn't matter to me a lot. Is if they get an impact guy, and again, a, my preference edge, I'll I'll live with with the price of that either way. Um, but I think. Again, I'm not super crazy about the the depth at the at the late first and the value there. So if they did both of them this year and save that pick for next year, I would be I would be on board with that.
0: Boy, wouldn't it be great for the Chiefs next year drafts in Kansas City? And the Chiefs are picking number 32. I mean, can you imagine the 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 anticipation and the cheer if uh, if if they got another chip this year and then they got to pick 32? In in the draft in Kansas City, boy, that would be something to see. They Love got it. some work to do on this roster if they're going to be picking yeah, thirty-two. Yeah,
1: <laughs> two <with this> team. <laughs> yeah, they got yeah.
0: got a little work to do still. Yeah, they certainly do. Uh, Lyle, I wanted to ask you. You've done so much study on the draft. Who are your top five prospects that you'd like to see the Chiefs target?
2: Okay, so so okay, are you talking about the my five like? top choices for them to get in the first round or just five guys that I just kind of love regardless of maybe where you target them. Cause that's probably two different, two different yeah. answers. I would say regardless, right? Like who are, who are your guys? Well, I'm script? and it's starting to be a little cliche. I'm definitely on the, uh, the George Pickens bandwagon as far as a mm-hmm. receiver that has a chance to be there. Um, if they're picking in the late first and his medicals check out. I mean, as long as they feel like he's going to be back to what he was. I mean, you watch you watch his tape before the injury and he looks like a guy that could be a dominant number one. Um, So I like, I like him a lot. And like I already said, Jermaine Johnson is definitely one of them. And listen, any of the top three edge that I'm expecting to go top 10 um, would be great too. Johnson seems to be pretty much the consensus number four at this point. So that's why I maybe target him a little bit more because I think of those four is going to slide in to range i think he would probably be the likely but but um i'd be happy with any of any of those guys would be on there um a guy that that this is probably going to sit in the chat into total chaos because every time I post something about it on Twitter, I always get a hundred comments about about no, not him. I like, and again, not as much as the Ohio State guys or Jamison Williams or then. I really like Jahan Dotson of Penn State and she's fans, you know, are not fans. Um, He's a smaller guy, obviously. Um, But one thing I really like about him is um, if I was running an offense with a more limited quarterback, I don't think I'd maybe look at him as much, but I really like him as a fit with Mahomes. Um, I think he's got a really good feeling for finding the space in a defense. And I think we saw last year, you know, Mahomes isn't the biggest contested catch guy. He likes those guys that find the space, the holes, whether it's in zone or can create some separation in in man coverage. And uh, it just feels there's, and obviously they're completely different physical stature guys. He actually does some things sometimes that remind me of Kelsey, just the way he like will drift into the hole in the defense, just creating some more space for himself. And I think if if they did pick him, I think he would be a guy when the play breaks down and Mahomes is scrambling around, Dotson's going to be that guy on third and 15 that catches the 18-yard pass because he created some space downfield somewhere. And I think those two could really develop some good some good chemistry together. So I know he's not at the top of the list um, for a lot of chiefs fans, but I, I actually really kind of like him specifically as a fit with, um, with Mahomes. Um, and then I'm trying to think of maybe some later guys um, cornerback wise, since we know Brett Veach doesn't like to draft first round corners. Um, I really like Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati. Uh, I know Sauce Gardner gets most of the attention there, but he got, because he was playing opposite Sauce Gardner, he got, you know, tested a lot and really held up Mm -hmm. pretty well. And I think he, Kind of fits the physical profile of what the Chiefs like to play at their outside corners, and so if you wanted a guy maybe in the third, maybe even fourth round that could maybe come in and do some contributing as a rookie, I think he'd maybe be a guy um, there. So those are just off the top of my head some of the guys that I that I like, and I I I really like a couple third round running back guys too. But some Chiefs fans get mad at me when I when I when I uh, talk about drafting (laughs) running backs in the third round. That doesn't always go over real well.
1: I'm with you on uh on Kobe Bryant. I watched him at the senior bowl and had no working knowledge of who the hell he was when I got there. And it was a guy one of those guys I kept looking down at my sheet. I'm like, okay, I got made another play. Guys, the guy, okay. Then went back and watched some of him. I think he'd be a great third round pick for the Chiefs. I, I like him a lot. I've been on look, I've been saying this since the senior bowl. In fact, I hyped him up so much he followed me on Twitter over Perion Winfrey, the D tackle out mm. of Oklahoma. That kid can play, man. I that kid. I will be shocked if he's a total bust in the NFL. I would be shocked. When I watch him, just from a trait standpoint, he reminds me so much of Chris Jones. That same body type, that same explosiveness off the line of scrimmage. And then when you you get to be up near him in person and hear him on the field, he also reminds you of Chris Jones. He's just always talking. I, I like Romeo Dobbs a lot out of Nevada. I, he's a receiver for those who don't know. I think he'd be a really good, interesting third round pick. Another guy like that, like maybe around pick pick 100, pick 8, you know, somewhere in there. Like I like him. Everybody talks about Carson Strong as quarterback. I thought Dobbs is more impressive, quite honestly, in a lot of ways. There's no lack of depth. And the, the funny thing is, a lot of these guys we're talking about, and I think Pickens is going to be a first rounder. He's just so damn talented. Um, if he doesn't get hurt, he might be a top 10 pick this year. Okay. But guys like Christian Watson, who've been talked about a lot. Guys like Jahar Dotson, who have a, a wide range of opinion, one of those guys, if not two of them, are going to fall to like fifty, and the Chiefs are going to have two cracks at him, and they're going to pass on on them both times, and people are going to lose their minds. Yeah. That is a guaranteed thing that's going to happen. Like I remember last year when when some people wanted Creed Humphrey in the first round, which as it turns out would have been just fine, right? Right. But they pat You know, they didn't have a first, of course. They, they traded, and people are like, oh, and then and then they took Nick Bolton. If memory serves, I believe Nick Bolton was the first of their second rounders. He was, and people are like, "What are they doing?" And then they they circled back and they they took Green Humphrey. But it's I always enjoy when when somebody gets passed up that like the fans desperately want. Like I remember years ago it was Akeem Butler that received out of like Iowa State, we ended up being terrible. We went to the fifth round in yep. Arizona, and it was every time the Chiefs were on the clock, I will just him My God, it's the fourth round, and I, it just it just kept going by. One of the underrated moments of the draft is when every fan base wants some cult guy. Like who yep. you make oh god, what was his name? Not that the Chiefs are gonna take pick this kid, uh at a UMass, the receiver, the short guy. Um and so, uh, Andy Isabel. Andy
2: Isabel. Every,
1: everybody <laughs> in the Oh, this guy, he's Edelman, he's gonna be the next <laughs> nothing completes, it, never made an impact in the league. Like you know, yeah. you always have a couple guys like that. It's so much fun. The one year there was a German receiver, like out of Germany, Moritz Boercker. remember that? He got drafted by the Vikings, and people are like, it's a fast. huge deal. Our six round pick. I don't think he ever played it down in the NFL. Yeah. One of the more underrated yeah. things in the draft. Uh,
0: a lot of people in the chat have been at, and, and this player seems to be quite controversial just in general, Lyle, is George Karloftis from Purdue on the edge. 6'4", 266. Some people were like, I really like him. He's going to be good. NFL.com has him rated as a 6.4 uh, grade, which which means we'll become a good starter within two years. Next Gen Stats gives him an 86 uh,
2: grade. What's your what's your opinion on Carl Loftus? He's solid, but not like an elite prospect by any means. He did a major trade-up like we You're talking about for for like a guy like Jermaine Johnson for a curl copy. Um, if now if he slid all the way to twenty nine, like if they stayed put and he slid all the way to twenty-nine, then I'm fine with him. Like his value there to me, I'm I'm good with that. But he's not a guy that in my in my book at least is good enough to want to move like where he goes in the typical mock draft, I wouldn't want the Chiefs trading up there to get him. Not that mock drafts are usually all that accurate for what really happens, but if you look, you know, most people have him going maybe anywhere from like the mid teens to the mid twenties or something like that. And I guess if the Chiefs moved up, you know, five picks or something and took him, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be like cussing at the TV or anything. But he's he's a guy that I think is probably late first round talent that maybe is being a little like pumped up value-wise higher than I would have him completely down on him. I mean, he he's got he's a good power rusher. Um, for a guy that's a power rusher, I wish he was a little stronger against the run. Sometimes he, it's not as is not as good as you would want. Um, but I mean, he's not like he would be. I would feel more confident about him playing three downs as a rookie than I would like Mafé, who I don't think is ready to play. You know, to set the edge or anything like that. I think he'd be strictly a, a situational pass rusher as a as a rookie. So I'm okay. I guess I'm. I know I'm. That's not a great. Like hot take answer but i'm just I'm like lukewarm on Carl Loftus got it
0: okay one question for you guys ben and, and we're, we gotta get out of here pretty soon but um just answer this question for me and we'll start with you vergogram the chiefs will have a successful draft if
1: if they land a pass rusher and a receiver who can make a difference um if they do that then I think the only real like massive holes at corner which is a hole but it, i mean I think they could also maybe fill that with James Bradbury, should they have to. But you could also say that same statement and replace receiver with corner. Like, in some way, there's a very big part of me that feels like, in fact, you know what? I will switch that answer. If they if they walk away with a draft of a good edge rusher and a good corner, they, they win the draft, as far as I'm concerned. That offense is going to score points. And I think I'll be the first to admit, sometimes I get sucked into that, like, oh, they got to get a receiver. If they trotted that group out there right now that they have on offense, they'll be a top six offense in football. They have a great line. They have Mahomes, they have Reed, they have all these weapons. Like, you know how many teams would kill to have Hardman, Kelsey, Smith Schuster, and MVS, like, as your top four guys? That's a ton. The team's going to score points. Like, they, don't, they They just don't have Tyreek Hill, so it feels weird. They're going to score. They need a corner and they need an edge rusher. I wouldn't be opposed, depending on, now the board would have to fall a real unique way. If they're sitting at 29 30, I wouldn't be opposed if they drafted two edge rushers back to back. I really wouldn't. Yeah. I've just seen their edge rushers. They could be picking out of the three of us soon to start at edge. I mean, get an edge, get a corner, and everything else to me is gravy, but those are the two
0: priorities.
2: Lyle? Yeah. The Chiefs will have a successful draft if. I would even maybe streamline it straight to if they come away drastically better at edge like i if they do that and then they just stack more talent like regardless of position would it would it be good if one of those was a receiver and and cornerback yeah absolutely but if they don't take a receiver till the 3rd round again i'm not going to panic cuz i think the guys they have they can score points with this year and long term i think they need to start rebuilding that group but if they got somebody they love in the 3rd round and they want it they feel like there's better talent that's that are going to be better players 2 3 years from now than the receiver that are on the board. I'm good with that. And I've spent too many years now banging the drum for early corners that I don't even put that on my must have list anymore because I just don't think Veach is going to invest that high of commodities in corners. So, you know, if they, if I feel like, man, I'm really happy with what they did at Edge and then they just added lots of talented guys that can be a part of this team for the next five years or more. I'm, I'm pretty good with it regardless of where those other players end up position wise.
0: It's going to be maybe one of the most important and most exciting drafts in chiefs history. I can't wait before we get out of here. We like to have a little bit of fun. So just in this last minute, minute and a half here, we rank things. We like to talk about food, cereal Sterling and Matt did a little, uh, little Debbie ranking on Tuesday um hats hats off to uh, fudge rounds and zebra cakes let's do some holiday power ranking what are your top five holidays let's start with you Lau. you're the guest top five holidays
2: I think I have to go Thanksgiving, number one. I mean, I'm a big food guy. I'm a big football guy. I'm a big family guy. And you get all three of those in one holiday. And that's that's about as good as you can get. I'll go Christmas, number two, just because, you know, you get all those same things basically again uh, to some extent. After that, man, then it, there's a big drop-off for me. Those are like one and two, and then there's a big gap. Um, I guess I'll go halloween three valentine's day four and oh, wow. maybe saint patrick's day five i might be forgetting something in there that's, that's a good list. that's nine. a good list i dig it very what about you
1: okay so first of all I, i'll throw quick that that whole hostess thing about who got ranked where the cosmic brownie not being one is in an a front and matt connor should be thrown off the show <laughs> um yeah. holidays okay so christmas for me is number one through like 27. i love christmas <laughs> I absolutely love it. Love everything about it to the point that my buddy and I actually created a Christmas Eve Eve because during the Christmas holiday you got to get together with family. Which, if you knew my extended family, that's like a prison sentence. So Christmas Eve Eves and all your friends and family like that you enjoy get together. That's really when you got to do it. But in any event, they got Christmas number one. I will say Easter number two. I love I love ham. I love we always have a big lasagna It's the Italian side of it. So uh, and spring's coming. So that's cool. Then for me, I love Memorial Day weekend. That's one of my favorite times of the whole year. Open up the lake house. It's a lot of fun. July 4th for me is number four. Halloween, number five. I, I like Thanksgiving from the sense that it's football, but I always have to work Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I, I lose and I don't like turkey. You got you pass out. You got to undo your pants because your damn your belt's. Too damn tight, right? You have all the mashed potatoes and the yams. So I'll, I'll roll that way. But uh And by the way, number like 800 on that list is New Year's Eve. New Just Year's a, Eve. Just an absolute hole of a holiday. Everybody's blastered. You yeah. can't do it. And, like, as you get older, like, when you're younger, it's fun, but then you get older, and there's always that one person, like, desperately holding on to their youth. They're, like, 42, <laughs> and they're blackout drunk at some house party. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm so far out on that, I can't begin to describe.
2: Ice Space, sorry to cut you off, Ice Space 4th of July, that would bump. St. Patrick's Day off the list for me. I should have oh, okay. thought of 4th of July. Yeah. That would go on mine too.
0: So anybody who knows me knows Halloween's number one. Huge horror fan over here. Love Halloween. Celebrate the entire month long. Starting in late September. I'm actually celebrating halfway to Halloween right now. been watching a lot of good horror flicks. Um, and of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups come into play around Halloween time. So I always get those to pass out to the kids. Um, <laughs> always have a good stockpile of those. Uh, number two i gotta go with christmas i love the christmas eve christmas day combo seeing my family um, big christmas music guy start playing that really early in the car drives mad crazy number three probably gotta go with thanksgiving football family all day long like thanksgiving's the day where like i can start drinking beers at like noon you're cooking and eating just grazing all day long and I, you know, it's, it hasn't been the same since I don't get to listen to John Madden and Pat Summerall anymore. That was like, you know, Thanksgiving day, Madden and Summerall football 4 I'll go uh, St. Patrick's day. Love a good, uh, love a good St. Patrick's day. And then five, I got to say 4th of July. Cause that's another, I, I like the leisure holidays, like the picnic holidays where you have an excuse to like go to a lake or sit outside all day, fireworks, barbecuing, again, drinking beer as soon as, you know, like noon hits. Um, I just, I like it all day, uh, an all day party. And especially what when when people are making dishes and bringing like their best thing, if you're getting to, together with a group of people, that's always, uh, that's always a good time. We, we saw a bunch of things for you guys in the chat. Chris Albright says 420, uh as a, as a holiday right dude i got a desk i ordered a desk off facebook marketplace yesterday and i had it delivered like via dolly these two guys showed up the, god bless them they do the biggest desk ever let me tell you those guys they pulled up in a cargo van they were celebrating. this desk smelled like weed all day yesterday still a faint whiff of it right now they were uh, they were hotboxing that van they were having a good time god bless them um all right well listen Thank you, everybody out there for tuning into the Arrowhead Attic uh, Podcast. We'll be back next week. Sterling and Matt, they'll be here on Tuesday. Thursday uh, will be the big show. Head over to Stacking the Box. We won't have the regular Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We're going to have the big draft special, so make sure you check that out. And Lyle Graverson, man, pleasure to finally meet you after 11 years. In person, uh, I know Matt feels the same and appreciate
2: you stopping by the podcast. Come by anytime, man. Yeah, man, it was great. Great coming on. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your support. Make sure you check out the description. Find out about that Mahomes jersey giveaway. Find out how to become a member of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. If you join now, you'll be there on Monday next week talking a little bit more draft with the hosts of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast for our happy hour. You'll get the exclusive invite. But otherwise, we will see you on Tuesday and on Thursday. And until then, as always, go Chiefs.